Welcome. Welcome to the Brand Identity Design Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm your host. This is a live broadcast, uh, which we are having uh, right now as we speak. And I'm in the process of setting up this room on Clubhouse. And while we are actually doing this, I just want to personally thank each and everybody uh, of my supporters who are actually listening to us live on Clubhouse as well as on replay and any audio based broadcasting platforms like Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Radio Republic, Amazon Music, Audible, wherever, uh, you know, audio broadcast happens, you know, thank you so much for your love and support. And uh, today, uh, we would be speaking uh, a very interesting topic. Uh, we would be speaking about the role of a founder was CEO with my guest, uh, Stacy McConnell. I'm in the process of just inviting her up uh, to the room. And while we are actually waiting for Stacy to join our conversation, uh, I wanted to quickly give you a premise of today's uh, conversation. Hi, Stacy. Uh, I'm just in the process of setting up the room. So I want to quickly give you guys a headset. Uh, um, sorry, quickly give you an insight on today's topic. So today we're going to be discussing about the role of the founder uh, versus the CEO. And during this episode, we will cover the role of the founder with CEO and look at the advantages and disadvantages of a founder-led startup as opposed to hiring an external CEO as a part of the dark side of entrepreneurship. And I wanted to quickly give you guys some statistics uh, while we are in the process of setting up this room. Uh, startup uh, change their CEOs a lot. According to a US study on startups, it showed that by the time a venture was around three years old, 50% of the founders were no longer the CEOs. In the year four, only 40% uh, were still CEOs and fewer than 25% let their companies, uh, companies IPO. So statistics shows that 27% of the CEOs replacement in startups are based on CEOs own initiative and 73% are caused by the board. So there were some nuggets which I wanted to share. And while you actually uh, ping some people to the room, share this room on Clubhouse, uh, I'm going to quickly play some song, play actually one song. This is by Ron Keating. It's called as Life is a Roller Coaster. Thank you.
That is a lovely, lovely song. Life is a roller coaster. So, thank you, thank you so much uh, for your patience, Stacy. And I want to quickly uh, introduce uh, people to my uh, show. Welcome to the Brand Identity Design Podcast. We are currently doing this series called as the Dark Side of Entrepreneurship. And the aim of the show is to make uh, create actually more awareness among people as to some of the challenges about entrepreneurship, highlight some of the gray areas uh, through our show, and to educate them that these uh, adversities will really help you to become better at what you do. So I want to personally thank each and everybody who have been supporting us. Uh, and uh, I, I usually host my show every Wednesday. Sometimes I do have shows occasionally, bonus episodes, sometimes in between week. But you can expect the show uh, to be broadcasted live on Clubhouse every Wednesday at 12 Eastern Standard Time. So people who are actually new uh, to my show, I just want to quickly give you guys a heads up on the format of the show. It's going to be a one-on-one -on -one conversation between me and my guest, uh, Stacy. Post that, we're going to do a room reset, uh, do a Q&A with my guest. And towards the end, we will speak about the business side of things, uh, what my guest has to offer. If you want to be a part of today's, uh, uh, I mean, sorry, if you want to be a guest on the show, DM me the word guest, either on Clubhouse, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you like. And I'll be more than happy to assist you in the process of being a guest on my show. Uh, no requirement as to X amount of followers required or you need to have X amount of turnover. The eligibility remains very simple. As long as you know what you're speaking about and uh, you are able to communicate that value, you should be able to be uh, a part of my show. Uh, if you want to advertise, uh, I have not highlighted this before, but I just want to let you guys know you have to be a guest on my show. Uh, to qualify to advertise on my podcast. Uh, the reason being, people buy from other people whom they like, admire. So I want to let you know that uh, once we have that human connection build up, it's very easy uh, for my audience to understand what you bring to the table. So last but not least, I want to quickly go ahead and welcome my guest, uh, Stacy McConnell. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, a business strategist and coach founder and ceo of the powerhouse executive and she's also a keynote speaker if you guys are aware i actually did an episode season one episode 13 if you if you go on spotify apple or google you, sh you should be able to find episode 13 from season one i spoke to stacy about unlocking uh, your freedom in business we had an excellent conversation with, with, with regards to the art of delegation because many founders you know, try to micromanage their business and, and, and we have to learn how to delegate, you know, have those KPIs in place. So it was a very fun conversation uh, which I had with Stacy. I would recommend you to go through and check out that episode if you have missed it. And today I decided to actually do something which is very, very crucial. There's hardly any content available on Google as well as YouTube about the role of a founder versus CEO. So I'm gonna be having this discussion with Stacy. Stacy, welcome to the show. Uh, and uh, I, I hope you're doing well. And I want to quickly go ahead with my first question. How would you define the role of a founder versus the CEO? Thank you. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having, having me here. So the founder and the CEO are very two different roles. You can be a founder and a CEO, and you can be a founder 
and only the founder, but not be a CEO. And you can be a CEO, but not be the, the founder. And for me, uh, you know, ob there's some real obvious, um, uh, real obvious differences. Like one, it, you're the founder, right? Like that means that you started the company. It came to you from, you know, from the time that, you know, inception all the way up to, to building it and how long you stay in that um, role. And so you can, you know, so if you're the one that actually founded it, you more than likely actually worked in the business. And with a CEO, you don't necessarily have had ever, like you can be hired as a CEO because of your executive skills. So there's some, you know, obvious things, but for me, it really does go down to a mindset because when you, when you develop something, it becomes really important to you. Like it's a lot of work to actually start up a company. It's a lot of work. It's painful. I mean, it is like one of the hardest things that one could ever do in their life. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. I mean, there's so many challenges and so many problems or, you know, obstacles that we have to overcome to be able to run a successful business or even to get it off the ground. And then your blood, sweat and tears go into it. So it makes complete sense that you would be emotionally attached to it. It's your baby. You've seen it grow. You don't want it. You want, you want that. And part of it, it you know, goes to a very deep level in terms of identity, um, passion and purpose. So you started the business for a particular reason. It was really important to you. So that in itself makes it very emotional becomes your baby. So it's a mindset. Now being a CEO, you, uh, you, you know, again, it, it's, it's more about running a company, a successful company, and you, you're not the founder. And so you're, and so it probably isn't, I'm not saying it isn't important to a CEO, because obviously it needs to be important to a CEO, but it, it comes down to the process of making decisions and how decisions are made because there's emotional based decisions and there's logic based decisions. And as a founder, this can really get in the way of how you make decisions and how you are looking at the whole strategy of your business. So to me, it's a lot more than just the obvious things on okay, yeah, I started this company and I'm a founder. And not only am I the founder, I'm the CEO, meaning that I run it, or I was hired in because my executive skills and so I'm the CEO, I run the company. So that to me is like the major difference. Lovely, uh, Stacy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. From what I understood from your explanation, because you are the uh, 
you know the genesis behind this creation so you are very emotionally attached and those emotions can sometimes really impact uh logical choices or effective choices which you need to make uh, in your business and it can't be always emotionally driven so hiring somebody externally uh with another KPI altogether what they do is they ensure that there is a synchronization between uh the business values and and the business goals and so it goes hand in hand is that uh, what you were trying to say like you know that's where the disconnect is i'm not saying that there's any disconnect i'm saying that there're two distinct roles and you can you can be both roles um or you can play both roles but really um and you know some founders can you know uh, do have the ability to make more objective logic based decisions and you know strategy and those kinds of things you know and it's important when you go into you know any important negotiation that is going to impact the you know future of the business and also you know like here's a here's another example um you know just because you know business ownership really is a journey because when you first start out maybe you're not you're you're a solopreneur meaning it's a one person business and so you have to wear several different hats you have to be the assistant you have to be the accountant you have to be you know the salesman you have to be the marketing um you, you know the the um you know, so you wear several different hats. And then um, you're and if you're in that position, so I think it's your responsibilities that change or not, not responsibilities, because you all have all the same responsibilities. But it's where you spend your time, spend most of your time. And the big difference for me, is that when you're running your company like a CEO, then that means that you're creating more time for yourself generating revenue and you have more freedom so it's more but it's definitely especially more time more freedom in your business and that's the big thing because you know if you're you know the service provider as well as all those things that was the other one that I wanted to mention then you know it it really becomes um, difficult to be all things and you get so busy working in your business you don't get to work on your business so you know here's uh, you know and, and I have never seen it as much as I've seen it you know as when I started um, clubhouse I know I, I I've known that it's always been out there but you know, there's so much to learn when you listen to podcasts, you read books and you're on Clubhouse learning, you want to learn how to do marketing, you want to learn how to do, you know, all these things that make a successful business. But you know, it takes, according to experts, 10,000 hours at a minimum to gain the expertise that you would need to be able to leverage that in your business. 10,000 hours. You know what that is? That's 40 hours a week. If you did that 
to, to get the 10,000 hours, you would need about five years full-time work, 40 hours a week for five years, just to gain the level of expertise in your business to leverage it for your business. So like if, if uh, marketing, you can get to know a little bit, but you know, when you hire an expert to do the marketing, they come with all that experience. They come with all that knowledge already. But if you're out there trying to gain the expertise of marketing and how to do this and that, <clears throat> it's taking away from your business and now you're learning something completely different. You know, and, and it just really takes away from the big picture of your business. And so, and if you find yourself in that situation, the number one thing that you need to focus on is really generating that revenue. Because when you're generating revenue and you're bringing more, bringing in more money, then you have more freedom. Because sometimes there, you are in situations where you actually have to bootstrap your business. And it's just a reality. And some people, you know, they may go out and get business loans or, or you know, find a different way. And, um, you know, but uh, it, it's definitely generating that revenue. That's like the most important thing. Mm -hmm. That should be your priority because when you do that, you can go out and you can hire people, gives you freedom to delegate and you don't have to, you know, I mean, certainly there are, you know, never stop learning. I don't ever advocate to stop learning. So I'm not saying that just because you're, you know, you, you, you know, running a business and you have all, it doesn't mean you stop learning about those things. I'm just talking about, you know, getting, you know, just focusing on the revenue and buying the expertise because it's going to save you time. Time is money. And that's yeah. really the important thing of it. If you just focus on the mm -hmm. sales and getting good at sales and the more you do the sales, the better you, you are at it. And once you have money coming in, you have a lot more freedom, you have a lot more options, and you can really take off a lot more from there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacey, for explaining that. I, I totally understand about the the growth and the scale part, and that's where, uh, you know, these things do matter the most. I would be addressing that very soon. So let's actually, uh, you know, according to you, how would you define who is a good founder and a CEO? according to you, what kind of characteristics would, you know, would you look at, uh, you know, according to you for a good founder and a CEO for your company, let's say hypothetically. Well, I think a lot of these, um, is depending on, you know, if you're a founder and you're not running the company, then, you know, I think it can be different, but, um, certainly you want a founder to be innovative. So that, you know, it's kind of always staying ahead of this industry. It's always staying ahead of competitors. It's always staying ahead of the market. So you want to be innovative if you're a founder. If you're a CEO, then your most important job is really strategy and setting the tone of the culture, the organization or the workplace culture, because people really become very important and and you know and having that being able to provide that vision being able to move people forward 
and the business forward, you know, those are, to me, those are two distinct things, but also you'd want a CEO to be innovative, but you can, you know, I mean, depending on how large the company is and what the, you know, what type or the nature of the company, you know, I mean, there's, um, research and, you know, there's the R&D research and development departments that can be innovative and the CEO doesn't necessarily have to be, but, you know, I mean, I, I definitely think, I mean, look at, um, Steve Jobs with Apple. He was, he was very innovative, very innovative. And he was able to drive the teams and he was able to provide that vision. But not so much, it wasn't so much a people person and wasn't great to work with. And they put up mm -hmm. with it because they, you know, they um, were in it because they knew that they were going to be providing some, you know, that the product itself was much bigger than themselves. And he, Steve Jobs was able to create that vision for them so that they were able to see that. So, you know, mm -hmm. if you're a CEO, I, I definitely think that, you know, decision-making is big, strategy is big, and the people, you know, setting that workplace, that workplace culture and the tone of the organization that includes vision, values, mission, the guiding principles there. And uh, founder definitely needs to be innovative. And if they're going to be a CEO, they need to also have those traits. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's kind of making sense. So I'm also kind of new to this subject. Uh, so I appreciate you giving me insights. We would be uh, bringing up people very soon. Richard, I see that you have raised your hand. Uh, give us a few minutes. I'm just going to finish the interview and then we will start Q&A uh, from the audience. I appreciate that very, very much, guys. Uh, so my next question, Stacy. Uh, with regards to this topic which we are having, what are the advantages and disadvantages of a founder acting as a CEO as the company grows and scale? And, and because I remember you mentioned about growth and scale. So uh, from what you said, uh, what I understand is that eventually when the business grows, uh, you know, in volume, in scale, in numbers, in terms of size, etc., it's next to impossible for the founder to actually do, you know, wear all those hats and do everything by themselves. Is that uh, at the point where they should look at hiring somebody as a CEO, according to you? So I worked with this organization once and I was um, hired in a human resources capacity to be human resources director. And the reason that they were hiring a human resources director in the first place is because they had a bad audit. And so um, an audit or an exam, it depends on, you know, some organizations get the accreditation or they have federal regulators, whatever that is. But usually there's, you know, an outside entity that will audit or come in and do an examination of the health on the, of the organization. And so I was being hired because their exam didn't go so well in terms of the management, the quality of management or lack thereof. And the board didn't really want to get rid of this person at the time, the president or CEO. And, and what happened was 
this founder or not founder, the um, president CEO had, you know, she wasn't the founder, but she was um, in charge, but she had been there for more than 20 years. I mean, she'd been there when the organization was really small, really small, so small that they didn't have enough of, you know, enough resources or enough of a, you know, a business to really hire a full team. And so she was doing everything, including payroll. And so the organization really had outgrown her. And this was something that was caught on one of the exams and they wrote it in there about the quality of management that it really suffered because of this. And that is the danger really. So, you know, if you're a private company and you don't have a board of directors, there aren't any federal regulators and, you know, things like that, then you, you might not have that, um, you know, you don't have people, you know, coming in, you get to run it how you want, but it is almost better to have an outside entity come in and look at it because they can objectively tell you, look, you're missing all these opportunities. You're doing this. And, you know, it's hard to hear sometimes, but that's really the danger is that it keeps a company at a certain level. And, you know, if you're too busy working in your business, you don't get to work on your business. And so sometimes as a founder, because of that, uh, what we talked about earlier about being, um, you know, so emotionally attached to your business that you're not making objective uh, decisions, then it can have an impact or it can keep you from really growing. And then you get up to a certain point. And usually for, for, um, business owners that I see, it's right around, like they hit that plateau at around 250 to 500,000, somewhere in there, they hit a plateau. And then they have a hard time growing beyond that. And that really does just come from not running it like a CEO. And so like, let's say you're a chef, I like, well, I like to use a dentist, actually. So imagine if you go into the dentist's office and then you go up to the front counter and the dentist comes up and then you're like, yep, I'm here for my appointment. Okay. And then the phones are ringing and the dentist is trying to answer all the phones. And then he tells you, okay, go back there into, you know, the, the room and, and I'll be there in a second. And so he, you know, finishes what he's doing. He runs back there and he cleans your teeth and everything else. And then he gets to his dental exam and then you, you finish and then you go and then he takes your money and everything else. Well, that would be preposterous, right? That would be preposterous. He's the founder or she, he or she is the founder. The dentist is the founder of that business. It is a business. And they're the dentist, so they founded it but they can't run it because they're also the service provider. And yet that's what we try to do in our business all the time. If we try to do all these things and it's just preposterous, you, you know, but, and, and when it's visual like that, then we can see how ridiculous it is. Um, and, and it's, and there's nothing wrong with it. 
um, if they want to, you know, if they want to run or if you have a business and you want to be a solopreneur, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to grow and you want to create more time and more freedom in your business, that's when it matters. So I'm not here to say that, you know, solopreneurs, when they're emotionally, it's just if they want a, vi a, a um, you know, a, a viable business where they're looking to exit and they're trying to create more time and more freedom in their life, that's when they have to, to change. And it, so, you know, if you're a solopreneur and you're happy with where your business is, that's perfect. You know, that's the whole thing is that it's your business on your terms. And if it works for you, that's, that's mm -hmm. wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Stacy. I, I agree with you. It's, it's kind of hard to actually manage everything as a founder, as your organization is growing and, uh, and, and you micromanaging things in that way. It's just going to affect the overall performance uh, of your business, your customer experience in general. So uh, I, I just have one last question before we start bringing people up uh, to have a further conversation about this. Uh, so my question is, at what point uh, should, a, should a startup consider hiring a CEO, but not internally, but externally, according to you? At what point do you think uh, actually businesses would look out for options outside and not within the organization? Well, I mean, depending on the size of the company, you can call it a business manager, you can call it, you know, um, a CEO. And really, it's when you are, you know, you want to uh, really take, uh, I mean, it depends on where you want your role to be. If, if you really love business and strategy, and you love making those, those decisions, then, you know, perhaps you should stay the CEO. Um, but in, in you, especially if you don't want to like hand over control to the business manager, because that's the other thing. Like if you hire a CEO, you have to allow them to do their job. You absolutely have to allow them to do their job. That means that you, you release some control. Um, so um, and, and you certainly can give them direction of where you want the company to go. And that is a CEO's job to, to do that. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it, it varies at all different levels, you know, so obviously, you know, if you're a dentist, that's something that because of the nature of that business, you're going to want a business manager right away. You're going to want someone to, uh, be able to make those those um, business decisions or be able to manage the business or, you know, um, manage the office personnel, those kinds of things. So that while you're doing your thing, offering your expertise, you you don't have to worry about that stuff. And then you can just, you know, look at it from more of a, a broad picture perspective. And then that's where the KPIs come into play. That's where the and KPIs are the key performance indicators. And the key performance indicators are the, you know, the indicators that allow you or yeah, allow you to determine whether or not your business is on track according to the overall business strategy.
Yeah, thank you so much for that, Stacy. So we we will be resetting the room. I have brought a few of my uh, known individuals up. Uh, so so welcome to the brand identity design podcast, guys. And today we are having a conversation with Stacy with regards to the role of a founder versus CEO. Okay, if you guys are interested in contributing to this conversation, uh, please be mindful that this conversation is being recorded and it will be broadcasted as a podcast. Uh, so, so feel free to come up, uh, you know, let's be respectful to one another while you're asking questions. That's all I expect. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so Stacy, uh, my guest today, she is actually an entrepreneur, a business strategist and coach, a founder and CEO of the Powerhouse Ex Executive. And uh, on this episode, we are trying to cover the role of the founder and CEO and look at the advantages and disadvantages of the founder-led startup uh, opposed to hiring an external CEO as a part of the dark side of entrepreneurship. So I want, I want to welcome Dee, uh, Girish, Rita, Tiffany, Melissa, Beard God, Orlando, Gaurav, uh, Shannon, and Alice. So thank you so much, guys, for supporting us. So let's actually start with Q&A. So Dee, welcome to the stage. Uh, is there anything you like to ask Stacy with regards to the topic of today's conversation? Or do you would you like to contribute something? Contribute and thank you for the welcome. I just came up to say, you know, Stacy has been the bright side of entrepreneurship because when I first started out, I was getting uh, an executive level clientele interested in my offerings, but it wasn't until I actually spoke to Stacy about strategy and, you know, a plan of action that I understood. The CEO mindset is far different from um, the founder because, you know, when there is emotional attachment and not an objective approach, then we get lost. So I, I just wanted to share how important it is to understand that separation piece. And and I just wanted to thank Stacy for being a part of my growth and understanding of the executive, um, you know, CEO mindset. So. I'm done. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Dee. That's very nice. And I'm ha absolutely. happy to be part of it too. So, please. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I acknowledge the fact that, you know, uh, with one podcast, it's kind of difficult to actually cover this extensive topic, uh, you know, which is out there about the founder and CEO role. And it kind of is different uh, from people to people, I think, organizations to organization, we would have a wide variety of answers. So before actually maybe move on to Girish, Rita and Tiffany. So D, according to you, how would you define the role of a founder or CEO according to you? Well, the founder understands uh, the mission and value. It It's in the heart, right? Because that is their baby. And the CEO needs to understand that in order to execute. And if there is no understanding, um, that's where the, the missteps take place. So the difference is one, they have more invested, their heart and soul is invested in, for the most part. And then the other just has to understand the importance of that mission and value and move forward. I, I remember a CEO, a founder who actually exited because she no longer felt connected to her business. And so that that is what's important to separate, you know, 
the emotion so that you can move forward with power. And that that's why I always call Stacy the powerhouse because she, you know, we're, we're actually friends and also, um, you know, business, we, we talk business as well. And she always separates that, that business side to like, what is your heart feeling? Because if you don't have strategy, you will not succeed. And so that's really important. That's a lovely answer, Dee. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And uh, I appreciate that very, very much. I want to th quickly thank uh, Girish. Uh, he's a constant supporter, also one of my mentors with my podcasting game. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, so Girish, uh, do you have a question for Stacy, or is there anything you'd like to contribute uh, to the discussion yeah, today? Yeah, thank you. Thank you again, Jason, for, for the kind words. Honestly, I don't uh, deserve that. But you know, uh, people out there understand that when bill gates they when he first started his company he was a founder but he was an awful awful businessman so in order to succeed he hired someone else to do that but yes some people they don't have the capital they don't have anything else but you know as people they say that when when you find the will you'll you'll find the you know if there's a will there, there's a way right and and that's what we go for because uh, there's always loans, there's always credit cards, there's always something, some perks that you can pay someone off uh, to hire that person. That's my thought process. So I don't know if it was a question or a statement, but that's that's what I'm saying right now here. Thank you, Stacy, for, for being here too. Thank you so much for that, Girish. We appreciate your contribution. Go ahead, Stacy. No, I agree, uh, Girish, and thank you so much for that. Awesome. I want to quickly ask the same question which I asked thee. According to you, what is, how would you define the role of a founder or CEO, according to you, Girish? Because you are an entrepreneur yourself. What What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, uh, the person who who what does a founder mean actually right it, it means the the invention of that product right the invention of that business now now the question is how do you find investors how do you find everything else so for me i'm i'm a person who started back to basics i'm the founder of that i am going to be the investor of that i'm going to be the producer of that but if i want things to grow much much more I guess I'll have to hire someone else, people like, let's say, Jason, because he got more money than me. So the, those are the thought process that I'm, I'm thinking when it comes to businesses. Um, and I think Tiffany might be in the same uh, same boat as, uh, as I am. But uh, yeah, that, that's all I got on that part. Thank you. Awesome, Girish. I have a follow-up question, though. In that case, would you hire uh, somebody as a CEO? internally or externally from your organization if you have to make that choice well i th if you want my my opinion i think uh outside uh it, but but here's a caveat do you want people to grow inside the company sure right but if you want the vision to be a little different and out of the box thinking then you want someone outside the outside the company right and that's when people they start uh you know hiring ceos and CTOs and CIOs from the other other platforms because they they are technically out of the bubble of that company So their vision might be a little different. I'm not saying it's the best vision, but it's a vision outside 
and sometimes you do need a second eye as we usually say yeah absolutely i'm agreeing with you 100% on that uh, I, i want to quickly actually uh, you know give two quotes one is from the founder of wendy's and the other one is the founder of spanx both these high uh, you know big companies and corporations so the first thing is that when you okay so according to dave thomas the founder of wendy's uh, he states what do you need uh, to start a business three simple things know your product better than anyone know your customers and have a burning desire to succeed so most organizations i i think when they start up you know they have all these things i am guessing they have otherwise they wouldn't end up being in business and eventually what happens is that you reach a pinnacle point wherein you may not really have the expertise to continue further okay so that brings me to my second quote by sarah blakely the founder of spanx and according to her she quotes embrace what you don't know uh, especially in the beginning because what you don't know uh, can become your greatest asset it ensures that you will absolutely be doing things differently than anybody else and and I, I, I the reason i said this quote is from what you said girish there is a possibility an organization would reach a stage wherein they don't really know how to level up scale up and go further and it's good to actually explore talent outside the organization who's going to help you uh break that point would you agree with me stacy do you think uh, that's a nice way of explaining it yeah it is and i also realized um gives uh touched on a, a really great point and i didn't answer your question about you know whether you should hire inside or outside and really it depends on gives uh, is 100% correct it depends on what it is that you're trying to to accomplish and your own level of of skill because and and you know again you just have to know uh what your goals are and you have to think about it objectively it doesn't mean that if you hired a ceo in your company that you couldn't learn from them and so that you could you know you could always take over a ceo again sometime just because you you give it up doesn't mean that you're only going to have one ceo for the life of the business but you know if you're in an organization that wants to you know shake up the culture a little bit then hire from outside definitely hire from outside so i'm over here in colorado in the denver area and it's really close to aurora right it's part of the denver metro area and aurora has had a terrible problem with their police department and i mean terrible and uh anyway so they got rid of that chief of police which is essentially the ceo it's a different title but it's the same thing it's the person that that runs that that department and this police department had problems with like police officers being found behind the wheel drunk and i mean just all kinds of like really crazy stuff and so they get rid of that top leader and then they decide okay are we going to hire from inside or outside and it's known <laughs> that this this organization or this department has a big culture problem and so they go for a nationwide search and they end up at the end of the day hiring from inside and let me tell you those problems in that police department did not go away 
because it was a cultural shift that they needed to make. And so now they're on the search again. <laughs> so it definitely depends on what it is that you're wanting to accomplish. But if you, you know, if you need a fresh set of eyes, it often is time, it is often best to go outside and maybe someone that, you know, maybe someone with related industry experience, but not so much at the, you know, maybe not so much inside the industry because, you know, when you're in an industry, there's this thing that can happen. It's called groupthink because it's the way it's always been done. And they have, and you sometimes just have a hard time thinking outside that bubble that Girish was talking about, because it doesn't always just happen inside the organization. It can even happen within the industry. And so sometimes when you are able and not, and not all of those things are, are bad, by the way, because, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But sometimes it is nice to really be thinking about it in a novel way, you know, where nobody else could really think about it that way, unless they're looking at it from a fresh perspective and, and to be able to say, why are we doing this? You know, like, why are we doing this like this? kind of thing or why don't we do it this way and that's the you know that's the beauty of having a fresh set of eyes so yeah i agree with yeah. you 100 percent. yes uh, sometimes it's more cultural sometimes it's just uh the the way the uh, the company has grown and it has a lot of effect and and sometimes having transitioning people uh from the same uh company uh, at higher roles, what it does is that, you know, it just, it, the problem does not get resolved. I am 100% in agreement with you. Having people from outside just gives you a fresh perspective, uh, just helps you to decode the problem slightly different, analyze things slightly different. And I think it's possible that we should be able to come up with a resolution uh, at some point, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, you would get the right CEO at the first shot. It's possible you may have to give it a couple of tries. But it's it's that's, that's just the way how business works. You know, it's all about making attempts repeatedly. Uh, eventually, you will reach there. I want to welcome Rita. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining our stage. Uh, she's also an entrepreneur herself. Yes, Girish. Just very quickly, there there's a movie called Founder. So whoever has not seen it, I think they should see it. What the struggles <laughs> that you 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 know the struggles of how McDonald's they went through, and how they became McDonald's become became McDonald's. Uh, that's just two cents of mine. So, Rita, go for it. I'm sorry. Take your time. <laughs> that, that is a lovely movie, uh, by the way. Yeah. Somebody from outside did come and he was able to see the potential of where McDonald's could, could have gone. The founder was very emotionally attached. So, I think that's a good example, uh, Girish. Thank you. So, Rita, if you're available, please flash your mic. Uh, Oh, she is available. Thank you. So Rita, she, she's also an entrepreneur herself. Uh, so Mike, so do you have a question for Stacy? Anything you'd like to contribute uh, with to the discussion today? I'm no, just listening. And you know, it's so true. The role versus founder versus CEO. The CEO is all about strategy. Um, and the founder just kind of overseeing everything. And I think it's just, you know, hiring is very difficult, you know, when trying to create a positive work culture and, um, and, you know, everyone gets so fixated on the background of the person, you know, whether they have industry experience or how much or, you know, uh, all these accolades. And what I've come to found, it's actually what's most important is personality, um, you know, all throughout my experiences is, 
I choose personality over accolades any day um, because, you know, whatever they're in de- deficit of in terms of actual like something that they could learn, you know, they can learn it. Um, you can't teach good character, can't teach in- integrity. So those for me is, you know, of the utmost importance, everything else they, they can learn um, if, if they have the passion for, it, of course, again, that goes back to personality. So for me, it's, it's character in terms of, you know, who to suss out to bring into your organization. Um, if everybody fits a certain, you know, everybody's matched in their beliefs and value system, you're it gonna, it's going to create a good culture. So character trumps, you know, skills and background any day in my books. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Rita. So, I mean, I want to ask you another question. Uh, I, I mean, a question. So according to you, how would you define a good founder and a good CEO? What are those characteristics you would look at personally as an entrepreneur? I think I just stated that when I would, that's what so I the integrity and all those stuff. I, I think these are qualities which you require anyways, right? Uh, I think both role requires you to have it. Uh, is there anything else apart from that? Do you think uh, these roles would require? I, I that's that's what I look for primary and everything below that would just be technical. Okay, okay, okay. No problem, Rita. Thank you so much for your contribution. Uh, Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, she's a good friend of mine. She's also a radio show host called Moments of Clarity with Tiffany. So, Tiffany, if you're available, please flash your mic. Awesome, awesome. So, is there anything you like to contribute with regards to the discussion for today? Yeah, hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Um, <clears throat> and um, I, I agree completely with what Rita said. Before I say anything, I have someone that wants to say hi to you, Jason, really quick, if that's okay. Yeah. Hi, Jason. I miss you. What's up, Matthew? Hi. I miss you a lot, and I really like your um little, um shell thing, and you're my favorite. You're um you're my favorite of all all of mom's friends. You're you're my favorite out of all of them. He just wanted to pop in. And say <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Matthew. How, how much you money did you awesome. pay Tiffany to say that? Well, I wanted to say that, and he's. He's 11 years old, and that came from his heart. It took a lot of courage. He was uh, kind of nervous to come up and say that, but he wanted to. Because he doesn't... Uh, I love you too, Matthew. I just want to say that. (laughs) He said, I want to say it, but I'm kind of shy. But I don't want to regret not doing it. (laughs) So, um, back to what we were talking about. But I thought that was really cute. (laughs) Sorry. It's never... It's never bad to hear love from a uh, child so anyway um <clears throat> with what with rita said with what when i started my private practice the counseling center the radio show there's been people that have wanted to come in and make it bigger or and but they wanted to take away the morals and ethics that i started off with rather than you know upping my charge or upping this or putting more into it where i thrived so hard for so many years and worked in residential programs and correctional facilities as a psychological specialist. I have a private practice, you know, just as a licensed mental health counselor, psychotherapist, licensed psychotherapist. And um, 
so I do my own billing. I'm I've my founder, the CEO, but I have help with the electronic billing where it took hours to set it up, but then it, you know, you work harder to work less later, you know? Um, Cause I didn't really like the way a lot of people wanted to change it to make it more revenue or whatever, when I was doing okay, you know, I'm, I'm sure it could be a lot better, but then it takes away from my whole passion of why I started it from the beginning, you know? Um, so it's, it's been that struggle for the past, I don't know, just 15 years or whatever, um, eight years almost with the radio. But the one thing I suffer with sometimes is burnout because, you know, when you, when you're doing something you love, it never feels like a job, but then you have to keep up with everything at the same time. Cause like, the job I love, but the billing and the calling insurance companies and not having time for my friends or all that stuff weighs on you and becomes redundant. But when you set it up and you have something electronic, but then there's always glitches with that, you know, often, but not all the time. So it kind of runs itself. But what would you suggest, Stacey, when you're starting to feel like same shit, different day, but you love what you do. You know what I mean? As a CEO. Yeah. So, and there's different kinds of burnout too. And so I guess <clears throat> I would um, ask you uh, what kind of, of burnout, because bur there can be burnout in the sense of, you know, just needing a break or needing a vacation. You need to you know, kind of just step back for a minute. But then there's also burnout in the sense of, you know, I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um, and that second one, I think is the hardest one to really ever come to, to terms with. And because you could actually still, you know, especially like, you know, in your example, as a, as a psychotherapist that has, you know, a practice, you could actually, you know, just because you are a licensed um, therapist doesn't mean that you always have to be the, the therapist and that you could still run a practice, but um, that you, you have a team of, of therapists or something like that. Um, and, and you might already have that, Tiffany, but um, I'm just talking in very, very general terms. Um, and so I think, you know, the first thing with burnout is really to sit down with it and determine where that burnout is coming from. Is it because you're working too many hours? If you're working too many hours, then, you know, then you can think about, okay, now, so how am I, you know, how do I get the resources to hire someone else that can take a little bit off of my plate here that allows me some, some freedom um, is it because, you know, like uh, you mentioned this one statement of um, same stuff, different day, I think. And that. Yeah, I use the word same shit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so that could, that could definitely mean, you know, a, a variety of different things that maybe, you know, like 
if you were to take a look at that, is it because it's no longer challenging for you and that you need to add some challenge in? Is it because it's boring and there's not enough variety? I mean, so, you know, um, so when someone is experiencing burnout, that's the first thing that I always recommend is that they look at what type of burnout it is and what is the source of burnout. No, I don't know. Um, maybe it's not challenging, but I love my clients, so it's different. Um, but um, you might be on point. Like, you know, you heard the joy of my heart, you know, just talk right then, you know, um, a few minutes before. Um, and maybe it is. I've done the, the multiple therapist thing, um, and there's a lot of therapists that are so fussy and high maintenance. And, um, so like I said, I worked hard so that I didn't have to have a boss or a lot of responsibility. I could just be my own boss and everything. When it said, when you were saying about, um, maybe taking a vacation and everything, the one thing that sucks is that when you take time off work as a sole proprietor, you don't make money. And then, you know, and that causes the family to suffer, you know, cause we get paid by the hour, you know? Yes, I definitely can relate to that because, you know, I, you know, as a coach, I've done a lot of one-on-ones and I can get burned out on that really easily, really, really easily because, you know, if I have three clients in a day, I put so much energy and focus into it that at the end of the day, I'm just tired. Like I just feel wiped out and, you know, going so many days like that can leave me feeling burned out. So, um, as a CEO, what you can do is look at business models. Like for me, I decided, you know what? (laughs) I love what I do. I really do. I love what I do. However, I definitely need to work. You know, I I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to do something different. And as I decide to go more towards group programs, and if I and I still like doing one-on-ones, just not that many. And if I do work one-on-ones with people, it's definitely now uh, at a higher a higher rate because I know that they're getting the ROI from it, the return on their investment on it. But I do I can help more people if I do you know one to many. For my, for my business model. So, you know, salons, um, hair salons, nail salons, that kind of thing, you know, they make a, they make a, a, a nice portion on retail products. And that's a business model that they have because they are another business that sells a service that usually has a cap. So you can get, you know, a haircut depending on, you know, what region you're at or, you know, the type of salon that you go to. But let's just say on average, anywhere from, you know, 45 to $65 as a cut in style. So, you know, and then they have to pay the commission to the stylist. And there's only a certain number of haircuts that they can do in one day. So there's a lot of different things that they can do. They can open up, you know, different 
different chairs if they have the room within their salon, you know, hairdressing chairs, um, or they can sell more product, which they do sell a lot of product, and that's where a nice portion of their revenue comes from. So sometimes it's changing revenue models and finding different ways. Okay, so how can I make more revenue? And, you know, and this is where I go back to on industry standards, you know, so for psychotherapy or for any kind of therapist, you know, you don't think about going into a therapist place and, and you know, that you might have, you know, products or merchandise to buy or anything like that, but they could be stress relievers or, you know, anything like that because people get so much caught up into, you know, the, what the industry is. And, and of course, it's always going to depend on every industry and the ethic code of ethics and code of conducts and, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, or sometimes it's a pricing strategy. So there's different, there's so many different ways. And this is where strategy really comes into play. And this is where, again, I'm going back to having that CEO mindset of, okay, so, you know, look, I'm, I'm, um, you know, looking at it as a problem to solve and you're looking for solutions to one problem. And there's usually more than one solution. Agreed. There's always more than one solution to every problem. And we're never stuck. It's just kind of like, well, um, the options that are in my, in my future, I'm not sure if it's like, I think I peaked, you know, like with my, I was bright eye, bushy tail and all that stuff about 10 years ago, 14 years ago. And my uncle who's a very smart man said, you work hard now so you can work less later, get it all in place. Right. And it's true. Once you get it all in place, it kind of runs itself and you have to be there for it. But then you finally get to that point and everyone's like, well, I can help you with this. I can help you with this. But then it's not the kind of service I wanted. Not only that, I don't want to mess with a bunch of and oversee even like us because I have the lease to the counseling center. So I'm kind of a landlord as well as overseeing a bunch of therapists that I don't want to, I don't want more responsibility. I want less or not the same. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, I could definitely expand, but I don't really want to. And, and, and it's come my way so many times. Somebody comes up with that. Hey, we can do this or we can do this. And I'm like, yeah, we could, <laughs> but I don't want them to do it because then they take, the whole image that I had about ending the stigma on mental health and and not charging more to clients and not upping prices and I, that's not the therapist I am and uh, I don't want to change my you know I don't want to change all that but most people that come in that want to help I end up like cringing on it because I don't want to do it like that you know so I end up doing it all alone, but it works for me, except for it's redundant and uh, I don't want to lose my spark if I haven't already, you know?
Go ahead, Jason. Go, <laughs> no, no, go ahead, Stacey. No, I mean, I definitely hear how important it is to you, Tiffany, and I definitely hear, you know, this this dilemma that you have, and, you know, and, and sometimes the answers aren't always revealed to us in, you know, obvious ways, and, you know, because I think that, you know, business, you know, does encompass our personal lives and, and where we want our future to be. And then, you know, it's very complex when it comes to legacy and, you know, and then our passions and our purpose, it, you know, and all those things like the big why, and it really does get complex and it really does take, I think on some level for some people, um, soul searching or it, you know, it just, it kind of, it, it, <laughs> And not always soul searching, but when I'm a quest for for answers, I guess is what I'm looking for. It's a quest for answers, and because we sometimes can feel that something isn't right, but we don't know what it is. And you know, if you wanna, uh, you know, back tell me if you wanna, you know, kind of get down to the to the bottom of it, because these answers are very heavy, and they are not answers. These questions are very heavy. And we face them sometimes, and especially, you know, it's that where you feel like oh, maybe I've lost my spark, you know, or you feel like you peaked, and then, you know, that's that's a um, that's definitely not a fun place to be. And I think that in business we find ourselves there sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree, T uh, Tiffany. You should reach out to Stacy and 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 now have a different, a fresh lens. Uh, yeah. And have a a new perspective altogether, and see how how things go. Personally, I, I, I talk to like, Stacy as much as I can anyway. So remind me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will, I will. So I want to acknowledge Beard God. Thank you so much for patiently waiting. And and right before we go to Beard God, I just wanted to say that, I mean, I had uh, you know tremendous reasons not to scale as a business like you know what i am doing personally myself and this is voluntarily uh, by choice i decided not to scale and just be a one-man operation so i uh, i mean people have this perception that you know you can't be a big business just one man operating it i, I think it's just a misconception and i feel there are many businesses out there who are a one-man operation and they still make a lot of money they just have expertise Okay, so if you're willing to actually spend time, energy, resources on building up your expertise, people will pay uh, for it, and that's how you scale your business. And uh, one of the ways of scaling up your, I mean, scaling up your business in terms of profitability is to uh, is to charge more. When you charge more, you're not actually demeaning, or according to me, you're not actually screwing the customer. You are just actually using the finances. Uh, the monetary advantage uh, to have a competitive edge in terms of what you deliver, uh, some explorations which you can do. You as a business, you can take risk if you have funds. If you don't have money, you can't go that extra mile. So I, I think that's what I feel. So I wanted to thank Beard God. Thank you so much for patiently waiting. Uh, is there anything you like to contribute uh, to the discussion which we are having today? Or do you have a question for Stacey? Um. No, I just think um, when you look at scaling your business, um, like if you're the founder of the business and you're looking to scale the business, if you're going to look to hire a CEO, CEO um, you just have to figure out what's the weakness of the business um, and what you need help at 
Um, I don't find nothing wrong with leveraging your business. Um, you could put the person on a great contract um, for five years. Um, and in the areas that you feel like your company is lacking at, I will base my hire for that in that, in, in that area. Um, and you want to hope that the business grow with that person um, within a five-year contract that you put out on them. And if it doesn't work out, then you could go back into your business plan. But I also believe in holding the integrity of the business. So you always have to have your plan, your reason, and your why. Um, the branding of your company, lock that in stone, like whatever quotes or slogans or models that you go by, principles, make sure that they're aligned into the person that you hire. Make sure them value goals and in areas that you want to highlight for your company, make sure that continues to grow while trying to grow the areas that you're weak at. I'll just add that to it, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I'm so sorry I was back, Chanley. <laughs> sorry. I couldn't reach the microphone mute button yet. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I wanted to acknowledge Miles on stage. Miles, thank you so much. You are actually scheduled for next week. I have not received the form yet. Uh, try to fill that form today itself uh, so that we can get your interview scheduled. Uh, so Miles, how are you? And uh, is there anything you'd like to contribute uh, to the topic of discussion for today? Hey Jason, yeah, I'll uh, I'll take care of that uh, today actually. Um, but no, it's good to be here, and uh, I was just listening in, and I think uh, it's really great some of the points you guys are mentioning about uh, scaling. Um, one thing that resonates with me is um, just the importance of having the infrastructure to scale and having a system. And I've worked with Stacy uh, personally; I've had the privilege of working with her, and this is something that, um, you know, she's helped me with as far as my marketing and uh, clarity and everything else. So I've actually got to experience some of her course, which she's going to release soon, right? Is that right, Stacey? It's coming out soon? Yeah, that one's the, the clarity one that I'm also coming up on. And I have the, the, the speaking one, which is one that I always recommend for uh, establishing revenue in your business and fast. Got you, got you. Yeah, and so um, I've had the privilege of, you know, working with, booking, so I booked an appointment with Stacy, and, um, you know, it's given me clarity because I was so big on uh, features because I love technology, and sometimes you can get caught up on things that aren't, um, that are important, but aren't, it needs to be balanced, you know, in order to have a successful business, you might need 10 things operating at the same time. And if you focus on three things, chances are you're dropping the ball on those seven others. So, um, this is something that's helped me working with Stacy realize the importance of being balanced and focusing more on the revenue because, uh, features are great, but you, you need to have revenue to have features you know, and integrate features. So you need to have a way to bring in money. And uh, so, yeah, that's all I really have to say, but I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm sold.
thank you. <laughs> thank and you so Jason, much for that. Jason is appreciate. amazing in yeah. himself. Goodness, let's not even go there. I'll be talking for like, I'll be rambling for like 10 minutes. So I'll just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would all um, jump on your soapbox too and feed in. So that would be the rest of the show <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> thank you Jason, so much for that. Jason's laughing I appreciate- like, yes, that is true. I am very great. Let's uh, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful to have a good pool of uh, people I love and admire. Uh, I would not say that everybody is the best, but you know, I'm happy with what I have got so far. So thank you. I, I feel honored and I feel blessed to have you guys, uh, you know, helping me out in my journey as an entrepreneur, as a human being. So thank you so much for that love and support. And uh, I, I think we had a wonderful conversation today. Uh, I have opened up the room. So if anybody is interested in coming up and contributing to this conversation for today, uh, this is your final call. So I'm going to keep that hand raising on for about two minutes. And uh, while we are actually doing it, Stacey, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, to promote some of the things uh, which you're actually working on. Do we have the accelerator program uh, still on or have you changed that? Is the link still active? It is still active. And again, so my, my advice for, for uh, solopreneurs is really just, you know, drive, drive the revenue. And if you want to stay a solopreneur, that is perfect. I'm not, you know, here to tell anybody that <clears throat> um, it, because being a CEO is more of a mindset. So m- my big takeaway here is that you know, it, it really is a mindset making uh, decisions objectively. And it's a journey. It's not like something that you just switch a light on and off and say, okay, I have a, a CEO mindset. And, you know, and, and if you enjoy being a solopreneur, that that's 100% great. Just, you know, but and if you want your business to be small, that's great as well. So my my biggest advice really is that if that does fit you to really look at your revenue streams because what you want to do is you want to create that freedom for yourself you don't want to put yourself into a position where you're trading time for money and if something does happen heaven forbid you know whether it's burnout and you just need a two or three month vacation you want to take care of um, a, a family member, um, you know, whatever it is, and you still want that revenue to come in for you and that you can step away. So you want to create more time and freedom in your life. And so that's where the Speakers Accelerator program really comes in because I'm very passionate about public speaking. And it's usually step one that I start with my clients is I always look at the revenue. Where are you at with your revenue? And it, and, and public speaking really is that platform to do that. And there's many different forms of public speaking. It isn't just on you know a traditional public speaking platform. It is virtual summits. It is a clubhouse. It is podcasts. It you know it's a lot of different things. But it's a way to grow your brand and then you combine that with you know getting paid to speak 
on top of acquiring clients that way or business that way, selling product, however you do it, then, you know, it, it, it frees you up a lot when you have the revenue because then you have more choices to do um, or to work with. So that's where the Speaking Accelerator program comes in. And, and, and that's where I start with my clients. So, and that's how it, it's related. It's just that revenue because sales, 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 it really does a lot for your business. May I say something? This is Tiffany. Exactly what Stacy was saying um, with public speaking and everything and everything. My favorite villain is the Joker <laughs> on from DC Comics. Uh, if you're good at something, he says, never do it for free. I host a live radio show that it's not just a podcast, it's a radio show, so the airtime is not free for me. And often a lot of speakers don't even want to chip in for, they want to use my platform that reaches over 12 million people, but they don't want to pitch in for the airtime that I have to pay for to promote them. And that's on them, but... Um, it depends who I ask. If I ask them, I don't charge. But if somebody wants to come onto the show to promote their product or their book or whatever, and it's not it's not a big fee. I get charged one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, and I'm on twice a week. That is and expensive, right? It's not cheap for me. Yeah, but I mean, like they can help me pay that 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 airtime, like one fifty out of my pocket. Um, to promote them when I can get, I have a wait list for people that want to be on the show, you know, but um, I think that's fair when it's coming out of my pocket as well, you know, or advertising or any of that includes a guest spot. So then you can promote your product during all commercial breaks as well as um, have the guest spot and you get priority and it's on every platform like podcasts, it's saved on every podcast, plus it airs live on YouTube, live eight, eight um, AM and FM stations live, LinkedIn live, Twitter live, Facebook on several channels, and then on every podcast it's saved. Um, who wouldn't want that? Like, cause it, it never gets changed. Not anybody who listens to that show, there are ads there, but there's a lot of people that aren't willing to invest in themselves and they like, are kind of like on their high horse, like, oh, well, I can speak and tell my story, but I don't need to pay for it. Well, if you need a big platform to get more reach, then why not invest that? But I think a lot of times people want things just to come to them for free. And that that's motivational speaking, sure, but you could be speaking to six people, I don't know, versus possibly 12 million, you know, and it's not really that much money. It's coming out of my pocket instead. But I think with CEO and wanting to market and get yourself out there, you have to invest in yourself. And $150 is not that much to invest in yourself and be heard and let people know you exist, in my opinion. That's part of the marketing. But I agree. I that. No, I'm with you. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you back there, but I was just saying, I agree. Uh, investing in yourself, people are so hesitant to invest in themselves. First of all, I, I feel people have this perception that, you know, you will get screwed. I want you to understand that you have to shift your mindset 
and, and consider every error or mistakes which you make is actually a learning opportunity. Very simple. We've been hearing about this, but we don't apply it. You know, we circle back in the same stuff. You know, we never apply what we preach. So practice what you preach, guys. Uh, invest in yourself and give yourself permission to screw up. Uh, that's what I said last time also. Make mistakes, uh, actually, because, you know, if you, if you don't try it, you never know whether that idea would have worked out. Right, uh, you know, take uh, Edison's example uh, for a for a, you know. Let's take Edison as an example. If he would have stopped uh, on on couple of these initial attempts, and he would have been like, you know, I'm not gonna try this again. This this won't work out. Uh, we would have never got the light bulb. Okay, the one which we are experiencing, I am experiencing as we speak. At least where I am, it's night. So so I I think that makes a a huge difference and one of his quotes by Edison I, I, which I really love the value of an idea lies uh, in in the using of it so if you have an idea uh, when it comes to the growth of your business uh, in terms of growth on yourself uh, you know do take that initiative to invest in yourself and and it's okay you know sometimes a lot of a lot of businesses out there who tend to screw you over it's okay you know you can learn from some of those mistakes and next time uh, when you are looking for opportunities uh, to invest in yourself you know just make a much more uh, better choice you know a rational choice a logical choice that that's how businesses work so uh, that's what I wanted to share. So I wanted to give uh, Stacy the opportunity to share final thoughts before we wrap up this room. Jason, this is Tiffany. Can I piggyback really quick? On yeah, sure. Yes, exactly. With Thomas Edison, his team said we've made, I don't know, 7,000 or whatever mistakes on learning how to make a light bulb. I forget exactly the number, but it was high. And he's like, no, we learned 7,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Mistakes are always learning opportunities. No one's going to ever not make a mistake, but just don't make it more than once because we want to learn from them, not have Einstein's definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So use our mistakes as learning opportunities because uh, that's how we learn. And I'm glad that you pointed that out. And I just wanted to say I agree. Thank you for letting me speak. <laughs> no no worries no worries and this thing this can apply to the topic of discussion also guys which we are having uh, so as a business you know sometimes you were you would reach a stagnant spot and then you would want to hire somebody externally uh, to bring fresh perspective fresh new new lenses to the equation so that you know we can problem solve uh, collectively and and sometimes some of those people whom you hire can be shitty as shit uh, that's okay i'm just saying like you know that's that's the cost uh, or you know you have to bear to get to the right person uh, and 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 you would learn something from each of those individuals uh, and and just apply that logic in your business and and try to be more rational when it comes to hiring the next ceo uh, stuff like that and uh, this also applies to you know you having a co-founder also and i think the same logic applies it's okay you may not get the right person at the first uh, initial jump anyway i'm going to stop my rant there and stacy i'm going to give you the opportunity to have some final thoughts uh, before we end uh, this room and guys if you got value from the conversation or from any of the speakers who have joined on stage feel free to uh, do give them a follow, not only here, but also on other social media platforms. That social currency uh, does help and inspire people to continue the grind. So, yeah, I see Miles unmuted. So, go ahead, bro. No, no, I'm just going to say I'm going to steal that shitty as shit. I like that. It's a good one. 
time I heard that. I don't know. I just made it up. So go ahead, Stacy. Yeah. So I think the big takeaway here is really, you know, whether you're a solopreneur or whether you're, you know, running a, you have a business with a team is really just take that time to work on your business. Even if you are working in your business and that is necessary, take time to really look at strategy and to look at the overall big picture. I think it's one of the things that is so far overlooked. <clears throat> and then the other thing is really to focus on revenue. If you're not, I mean, the def the very definition of a business is, is you know, an exchange of, of goods or services. So you're not, you don't have a business if you're not making money. So, and when you have that money, when you have those revenue streams, <clears throat> which come from your business model and your pricing strategies, then you can free up time and create more freedom for yourself in your life and in your business, because, you know, it doesn't always just come from delegating. So it's, you know, you, and I think it's a, a, a myth that, you know, there's only one way to make that money. And that's trading time for time for money, especially in service-based. There's a lot of different ways, but you have to think creatively about it. And the only way that you get to do that is really to step back and take that time to really work on your business. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Stacy. I'm in agreement 100%. I, I would highly encourage people to at least explore the link uh, which has been pinned on to the top. Uh, the Power of, uh, Powerhouse Executive uh, Speakers Accelerator Program, it's at 57% uh, off. So you're actually getting a saving, saving of $2,000. Uh, have a look. Look at some of the uh, components which are listed. If you see value in it, have a conversation with Stacy. See, figure out you know if that is a good fit or no, and and just explore. So I would recommend you to do that. I would have this link uh, listed on the show notes of this episode as well. So so since we have reached the end of the show, I want to give myself uh, the opportunity to promote myself because it's my show. <laughs> so uh, my name is Jason and uh, I'm a brand identity designer. That's why the name of the club, which you see, the Monopoly House, uh, feel free to, uh, you know, recommend or uh, not recommend, but nominate people who are entrepreneurs to join my club. This 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 in this way, I'm able to not only interview them, but you know, communicate the content which I'm creating for entrepreneurship uh, effectively to the right uh, targeted audience. I want you to understand uh, the show with that name, and 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 the show structure is very very intentional. This is marketing, uh, so I'm specialized in brand identity design and. Uh, and the show is all about entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs are my target audience. Okay, now there are a few ways how you can support the show. One way, like nominating members to join. A second way how you can support uh, is by donating. There is actually a donate link. Uh, if you like the content, uh, if you like the audio quality, stuff like that, I use the funds which I acquire uh, from the donate link directly back to the show in terms of buying subscriptions for audio, sound effects. All these things does cost money. 
post production expenses stuff like that so you can support in that way the third way how you can uh, assist and help me out uh, support me is by hiring me so i specialize in corporate identity design uh, i have a website listed on my link tree feel free to check that out it's going to give you a fair gist of my styling uh, you know what i do it has a portfolio listed with case studies you can you can refer to if you if you see, if you like the style uh you know do reach out to me i would be happy to help you with uh, a visual identity for your brand okay now remember this is not for everyone uh if you if you have like a a loose loose plan there's no point in reaching out to me if you are serious and if you see that you know your business want to scale and if you don't want to compete on price then then i should be the right guy to hire because i'm going to give you the visual system you you require to market yourself two, you're cutting out. Uh, i'm so sorry so the process does takes uh, a couple of months to execute uh, so when you reach out to me do have the timelines uh, you know i need time to get this thing done uh, being a one man operation so yeah so thank you so much uh, so i i like to thank rita tiffany beardgard setsko natasha down there nicole who is actually new uh, dimitris dimitris brown i'm so sorry if i butchered your name karthik pat and all the people who came and left so i'm going to go ahead and 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 close the room uh, i'm going to play this song by fort fort minor it's called remember the name thank you stacy once again for being an awesome guest Thank you Jason for being an awesome host. I am trying. Well done you guys. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Me. Thank you guys. Thank you. You can use this time to follow one another. that they know him but fuck him he knows the code it's not about the salary it's all about reality and making some noise making a story making sure his click stays up that means when he puts it down talks picking it up let's go Who the hell is he anyway he never really talks much never concerned with status but still even in starstruck humble through opportunities given despite the fact that many misjudge him cuz he makes a living from writing raps put it together himself that a picture connects never asking for someone's help but to get some respect he's only focused on what he wrote his will is beyond reach and now it all unfolds the skill of an artist this is 20% skill 80% fear be 100% clear cuz why you was ill who would have thought he'd be the one that set the west in flames and i heard him wreck it with the crystal method name of the game came back drop mega death took him to church i like bleach man why you had this stupid is versus dude is the truth now everybody giving them guest spots and stocks through the roof i heard him fucking with that stuff this is 10% luck 20% Skill. 15% concentrated power of will 5% pleasure 50% pain and 100% and he's spitting fire in mike got him out the dryer he's hot found him in fort minor with top but a fucking nihilist porcupine he's a prick
Turkey's a cock the tight women wanna be within rappers hoping get shot eight years in the making patiently waiting to blow now the record we should notice taking over the globe he's got a partner in crime it's